this is the start of the Advent season. This is an exciting time for us as a church, um, as children of God. And over the next few weeks at church, our sermons will all be based in Luke 1. So there's a spoiler alert for you. But if you want to get ahead of the game, get into Luke 1. Okay, thank you for that reading. Big chunk there. You'll be glad to know that I'm not going to do a full on every bit. Um, but I just felt the Lord talk to me through several verses. Um, and we've heard it tonight, I presume, from the NIV? Right, the New Living Translation. Well, that, that's that's uh, that's good. That's fab and groovy um, to use those <laughs> words that us matures might recognise. I'm not actually going to use either. Um, my verses I'm going to quote via the Passion Translation. Um, the reason for this is, quite simply, I like it. It's very readable. It's very understandable. Um, so anybody that's offended by that, um, I am sorry. But my verses I'm going to quote from the Passion Translation. And if you've not come across it, look it up. It's a good read. So my, my first point, if you call them points, is that this series is called The Invitation. And an invitation to what? Um... Invitations can mean many things for many people. Some people can look forward to an invitation to a party. I personally dread them, but, you know, you still go, don't you? But some invitations you ask for, and some you do actually get. And these verses do cover a mixture of both. So let's let's come down um, to verse 6, where God has chosen this particular couple to bless. He's chosen them deliberately because they're upright. He's chosen them because they're virtuous and because they're righteous. They're people of God. They're good Jews. They know the word, they practice it, and they believe it. But my struggle um, with this is that in verse 6, They're both lovers of God, living virtuously and following the commandments of the Lord fully. Which I think is great. Don't we all struggle to do that? Wouldn't that all be our desires? But we're told here that they are, and they do. And yet, verse 7, But they're childless, since Elizabeth was barren, And they were now both quite old. So, for you younger ones, age does creep up on you. You'd be surprised. I was determined never to grow old. In attitude, I haven't. But in appearance, I have. Um, And some mindsets I have. But they had a mindset after God. And the one thing that Elizabeth really wanted wasn't going to happen to her. Does that really seem like a gracious, loving God? Because after all, they'd been faithful. They had been righteous. That doesn't seem particularly fair, 
if I can mention that in a church. Some of you are probably sitting there thinking, yeah, I know what that feels like. I'm standing here knowing what that feels like. So you're not alone. And yet, God chooses them. So, we go on into um, verse 11. And we read that the angel appears to Zechariah. Now, this is where the title of this service comes from, the visitation. The visitation of an angel. Now, I don't know if anybody here has seen an angel or believes that they've been visited by an angel. Um, But we read here that he is visited by an angel. So verse 11, all at once the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing just to the right of the altar of incense. Maybe it's just as well I'm to the left of our altar, depending which way you're looking. But the angel comes. So this is Zachariah's visitation. And it says there that he was overcome with fear. Well, I'm not surprised. I think we would all be afraid if an angel suddenly appeared by our side. But the angel did say to him, don't be afraid. That is an obvious but not an easy statement to be on the wrong end of, is it? When you're in a fearful situation, something that's out of your expectation and out of your control, and some smart person says, don't be afraid, you know, just pow. If I was Zachariah, I'd be very afraid. But the angel tries to reassure him by saying, don't be afraid. But there is one person that I know of in this church that has been visited by an angel has spoken to an angel and has managed to lose sense of where this particular angel went to. And you're listening to him if you're listening on the recording or you're listening hopefully to me now. I know and believe that in the Garden of Gethsemane in Jerusalem I met and spoke to questioned an angel. Now, it might not have been Gabriel, I'm not particularly fast, but the consequences of that engagement where God visited me directly is why I'm here today, is why I have come to salvation, why I have come to give my life to the Lord and to follow his will and his ways and my life has progressed. Because I firmly believe the only way God was going to get my attention was by being there. So I believe that I was visited by an angel. And it's a big chunk of my testimony. So if you've never heard that, I'm quite welcome to come round and spend 20 minutes over a cup of tea and share my testimony. Because we all have an angel... He kind of lives there, in my opinion. My Holy Spirit lives there. Oops, cross my crack. Sorry about that, Gordon. 
So that was my visitation. Well, Zacharias had one, so. Coming down to verse 13. But the angel reassured him, saying, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. I wasn't afraid. I didn't know who I was talking to, other than a man in a suit. So that was my blessing. My blessing was he didn't answer my question. But that was God's will. But going back to Zechariah, God is showing you grace. Well, I didn't deserve that, did I? Because I didn't have a faith at that time. I wasn't following him, but Zachariah was. So it doesn't matter how comfortable or uncomfortable you're feeling at the moment, whether you feel that you're living a righteous life or an unrighteous life and you want to be in a better place, it doesn't matter because Christ can still visit you, still come to you, and he can still bless you and use you. For I have come to tell you your prayer for a child has been answered. (laughs) How great to have an answer to prayer. How many of us have got prayers that have been unanswered? But his, uh, his promises are true. They are yes. They have not been answered in the time frame and in the way we hope and expect them to be. But in God, they have been. So if, like me, you're a bit impatient, hang on in there, because he does answer prayer. Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. Very good. This is the introduction of John the Baptist to us in Scripture. Uh, My eldest son is called John, which is quite ironic, isn't it? Um, But this is the introduction in a current time frame of God moving sovereignly upon the earth by sending a visitation in a physical aspect which is permanent. This is a promise, an answer to prayer for Elizabeth, for Ezekiel, of John, John the Baptist, a man who was called to announce the arrival of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. So that's Zechariah. And that's verse 13. So that's, in verse 13, the angel tells of the answer of prayer, God's invisible, invisible, think about it, she's pregnant, a visitation to her that she doesn't even know of. He answers her probably in the still of the night, and she becomes pregnant. So that's Elizabeth's visitation. And my final observation, really, for this piece of scripture would be verse 25. She said, with joy, see how kind it is of God to gaze upon me, take away my disgrace, of my barrenness. Now, times have changed. I 
could often do it some of already is myself. Here we go. So, yeah. So, historically, that was bad news. Historically, you were looked at if you'd done that. And Christ sovereignly, through a visitation, has, has dealt with her cry of her heart and has visited her and she is now pregnant. And she praises God. At this stage, she's got no real proof of it yet. It is to come, she knows it, she believes it, and she walks it out. And she walks it out into her son. Zachariah and Elizabeth don't often appear in the Gospels after that, um, particularly Zachariah. Um, But they are people of faith. They are people who are righteous, and they follow the Lord and his word. And they do their best, as I feel certain that we all do. So that really leaves me one question for us all this evening. Just one. My question for us all tonight would be, would you like to be able to share testimony of the goodness of God? So I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come this evening and to come upon us as we pray so that each of us may have our own personal visitation of the Holy Spirit so that we can call upon him, we can be touched and filled afresh and we, if we let him move upon us this evening we may receive more than what we've asked for and yet more. There's always more with Christ. Let us pray. Yes, thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for your visitation upon the people that were mentioned there in your word. Lord, I pray that there is a visitation of you this evening. We cry out to you, come Holy Spirit. Come and fill this place afresh and anew. Father, touch hearts. Change minds and change bodies, Lord. Bring healing to people here this evening, Father. Lord, even if it's as simple as a headache or more serious, Lord, we pray that you would bring your spirit down and bring healing to those that love you.